here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Roundtable. We normally don't keep track of the numbers, but it's uh, it's a big one. The podcast is now as old as I am. It is forty. <laughs> <laughs> I am with Oliver Court, who is much younger. Hello, I'm not even twenty one yet. No, <laughs> but Tyler Bate is still younger than me, so can't even brag about that. And Dan Maloney. And Dan Maloney. The things he's seen. <laughs> yeah, have you seen the things that Dan Maloney's seen, or just like I definitely or... haven't. <laughs> I'm not a wrestler, so I haven't ever been stabbed or mugged yeah. on the streets. The rough streets of, of the UK, yeah. as Nigel McGuinness would have it. <laughs> I don't think they're that rough. I think he's just playing it up for, for effect. In front of his American buddies, he's like, oh yeah, we're all tough in England. We get mugged all the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, he's it's doing not... the mugging. Do you think he's doing all the mugging? <laughs> like, it's Nigel kind of wandering around the streets of... Uh, of like. Oh, would be like Wolverhampton for, for Tyler, wouldn't it? Yeah. He got thrown into a canal by Tyler Bate, and he's just just for a story. That's reported. Well, they, that they all had to get mugged for that tournament. <laughs> it was it was in their contract. Were, were the ones who weren't mugged, were they the ones that went out in the first round? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Because, you know, Tucker, yeah, I don't, he doesn't look like a guy who's ever been Tucker's mugged. Tucker's never, never been mugged. <laughs> never been mugged in his life. <laughs> Joe Connors, though. Joe, got... Joe Connors was mugged, definitely mugged, and stabbed, <laughs> and all sorts. He's getting the Tanahashi push. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, forty. Um. We're going to start off by talking about uh, uh, OTT because they had a couple of shows recently. We were then going to talk about Fight Club Pro, but we can't because the VOD hasn't dropped. Well, I suppose we could talk about it because I've seen it, but then you'd just be kind of nodding. Yeah, I would just be agreeing with you. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so instead, we're going to talk about their Easter shows because they've signed ridiculous talent for it. Um, we're also going to have a, a quick chat about uh, what culture because they've announced something quite big. Um, and Lucha Forever because we haven't talked about them at all. And uh, finally, we're going to get around to uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, his signing for New Japan, which uh, apparently uh, Rob said he knew that a year ago. <laughs> I don't know if that was just coincidence or if he has clairvoyancy. 
Um, well, no, I think he was tipped off to it, to it happening. Or that he has a good source. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Who I think knows? he was tipped off last year yeah. that it was happening, and then he was kind of sitting on, you know, twiddling his thumbs going, well, <laughs> is it going to happen? So, yeah, it's, it's happened. The first OTT show um, from February uh, was the one in Dublin at the Tivoli. Mm-hmm. I found out Johnny, uh, Bo's Johnny, lives five minutes walk from the, the Tivoli <laughs> Theatre. That's, that's a good arrangement. It, it's some kind of conspiracy. Everyone lives really close to, to a venue, apart from me. <laughs> the, the only venue I'm close that, to is money on travel. Yeah, the, the only venue I'm close to is uh, Rubery, and that's where um, oh, what's the name of the promotion? Kamikaze Pro. They run their like trainee show there. Okay, <laughs> and I can't imagine that a it's a good show and. B, that the venue is anything other than a shitty social club. Yeah. So I don't really want to go to it. But that's the closest I've got. Are you really close to any venues? Um, well, I'm two train stops away from uh, another kamikaze venue and about 40 minutes walk away from uh, Progress Birmingham venue. Yeah, um, that's a lot nearer. Yeah. <laughs> other than that, not really, no. Yeah, you're still you're still closer to um like O2 Academy than I am to anything. Um, anyway, sorry, digressed again. Um, so Martina's gaff party two. Uh, this is this is confusing me because it was gaff party two, and then it was also gaff party two in yes. Belfast. So shouldn't that have been gaff party three? It should have been gaff party three, but Martina can't count. So, <laughs> well, I'm stereotyping. Maybe she can. I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't know. The, my only experience with the uh, Martina as a talent so far, when seeing her live, was uh, she came to Fight Club Pro. So we are talking about it. Uh, she came to Fight Club Pro, and um, <laughs> she was supposed to be hanging around by the bar. That was yeah. like her, her gig for the evening. And she turned up, uh, danced around the ring, and then went behind the merch area. And I saw her there for like the first match, and then she disappeared. <laughs> that was the end. That was the end of that. <laughs> so, uh, that that was, is a bizarre appearance. That was my sole experience of, uh, of Martina <laughs> so far. What do you think of the session moth? Um, I like the gimmick. Um, she's getting better as a worker. Um, I think the because um, they kicked off this show with um, uh, Martina and Ginny. Yeah. And oh, we've been saying how how good Ginny's been getting for uh, well about the last year it's been like every time we talked about her it's been she's getting really good mm. and then the next time it's like no really she's getting really good <laughs> and i think this is another fine example of it because this is probably the best martina match i've seen and i think it was largely down to um the work that Ginny did in that match like the i'll, I'll tell you what the, the most recent improvement that's come from her is the um her strikes have started to look really good. I don't know if you saw the knee strike she did in the corner. Yeah, yeah. Like she has that running knee deal, which is sort of like um sort of like a standing uh, meteora, and that looks really good. Yeah, yeah. She, so she's been working on that like aspect of uh, of her game. Um but also I the other thing that's that really caught me about this match is um uh, the mat work that she's doing at the moment, really, really strong. Yeah, definitely. Um, so she obviously um, 
heard that we called her the most improved wrestler in the uh, <laughs> in, in Brit Rest over the past was well, Eurograps over the past year, and she's going for it uh, again this year because over the like the first couple of appearances I've seen her in, she's looked really really good, like even better than before. Didn't really say a lot about Martina there, did I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we managed she... to turn conversation about Martina into Ginny. But yeah, Ginny was really strong in this match, and I'm enjoying Martina's gimmick. Uh, like, she's very endearing, and she's got the crowd behind her, definitely. Um, she did um, a, a tarantula in this uh, while drinking Stella. <laughs> did you, did yeah, I really that? enjoyed that. And, um, <laughs> that was and fantastic. Then she, uh, she gave Ginny the old 5% mist. <laughs> so I think that, that might actually do some damage to the eyes, that might be a legitimate move oh definitely definitely see I, I really enjoyed this um, I, I thought it was a bit strange that Ginny won this because it being like Martina's gaff party and she came out got got abused by um, uh, what's the dude's name is it Justin Shape was it or yeah. one of the other Guys, I, I don't know. There was a lot of talking at the top, and I, I didn't really pay attention. <laughs> it was a little bit it. confusing because we were just like diving back into OTT after a couple of months out, and yeah, <laughs> like that I, whole I know, heel stable has bloated. Yeah, he turned. Um, just in shape, turned on the gymnasties, which was a bit out of left field. But I guess that's yeah. one of them shock heel turns. And they had. Uh, William J. Humperdinck, the son of the owner, I guess. I don't know. I wasn't really that interested in it, um, so I, I kind of didn't pay attention, as you can tell. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about uh, that very problem of not paying attention to <laughs> that aspect of OTT in, after we've run down the shows, so we'll, mm. we'll save those takes, I guess. Let's keep them takes uh, warm. Keep them in the oven warm. <laughs> yeah, under under the grill, with the tin foil over the top. The um, so yeah, I I like this match. I thought it was a good opener. Um, uh, Ginny obviously really good at the heel work. Uh, was really good in the match as well. Uh, second match we had uh Justin Shape against Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie worked like what, three or three, it might have even been four promotions when he was over here. But he did a load of uh, of UK promotions in the like yeah. a mini tour, including the Fight Club Pro Show that we were going to talk about, but can't. Um, he was uh, he's working face here, but then the Belfast show the next night he was working heel, and I'm not really sure if he was told to do that or 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 what. It just seemed really odd. That he worked face on one show and heel on the other. Yeah, well, that's because Luca Valentine was Northern Irish, so they wanted him to be the hometown babyface. Then don't but book yeah. him against a guy that you booked his face <laughs> on the show before. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Eddie Kingston seemed very out of place on these shows. Like, you just didn't quite belong with what they were going for. Um, and I'm not really a big fan of the walking brawls. Um, I thought the match with Justin Shape was a lot better than the Luther Valentine one, though. Yeah, this that one was, was that was pretty bad. watchable, and that one was bad. <laughs> well, the only good thing about that Luther Valentine match was he uh, Eddie Kingston just laid in them chops uh, like really yeah. stiff, and that was it. I mean, if you like that kind of thing, then that's a highlight. But uh, yeah, this was <laughs> go watch. BJW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, or Noah Reborn, where they kill each other. Yeah. 
stiff headbutts. Um, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about this. No, Eddie Kingston doesn't really do anything for me, and he, like I say, he felt really out of place on these shows. <laughs> I, I kind of like watching him live. Like when he was in uh, Fight Club Pro, I kind of enjoyed the match from yeah. in there. But um, yeah, on, on he's tape... a bit more vi- he's visceral, I guess. Mm, like mm. you could get a reaction live, but on the yeah, that's, it just that's definitely come true. As much. Yeah, I think he's a lot more fun live than he is on tape. I think on tape you'd lose a lot of the um, a lot of the the personality and a lot of the. It's it's like I said with um, with Trent Seven. It's like when you watch him live, you can hear all the little bits of banter the yeah. you know the quips and stuff and it's that he's kind of works like that so you, you kind of lost stuff by uh by seeing him on tape but um that was that was my first time watching him live so uh i, I think i've gained an appreciation for mm-hmm. for his work that i didn't have before but obviously not from watching this match because it wasn't very good <laughs> <coughs> excuse me uh, speaking of very good though the next match was Mark Haskins, his first match back after what oh, we thought yeah. might have been a career-ending neck injury. We we were genuinely concerned that we were never yeah, going to see yeah. him again. Uh, so this was his first match back after, what, th- three months off? I think about four, actually. Was it four? It didn't seem like the kind of length of time that we were expecting. It, I, I was expecting him to be off injured for a lot longer when he said yeah. it was a serious yeah. neck problem and his doctors had told him not to wrestle anymore it kind of felt like yeah you need to take a lot of time to to, to recoup you know to recover that um that said first match back against mark andrews my god was this good yeah no no ring rust with mark haskins not nothing straight out no. of it and this one went a mile a minute absolutely crazy stuff my favorite match of um, the two OTT shows we're going to talk about. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's really fucking awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I got a chance to talk to him after um, Fight Club Pro. And I said, like, is, is the neck all right? And he said, yeah, it's, it's fine. But uh, I think I said this on the last show, actually. Did I? Maybe not. Can't remember. I think so, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so he said his, like, the yeah. neck was all right. But like, he didn't know what was going to happen when he got in there and started taking bumps. Yeah. So to to watch this match back after having heard him say that, I was looking to to see what he was like on like taking a few bumps, but the first couple were a little, a little bit uh, speculative, like he wasn't sure what was going to happen, which is mm. kind of worrying to watch. But then when he's fine, then after that, it's it's almost perfect. It was just a terrific match. And this is why I was so upset with uh, Mark Haskins getting injured in the first place because this is what he's capable of. Yeah, I can't really add much more to it. It was an amazing match. Um, like, there's so not a whole lot of story to talk about, but it was kind of like a PWG exhibition. Just go, 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 do your craziest stuff. And they're both really, really good at that style. Um, so if you want a match, I wouldn't call it a spot fest necessarily, but just really awesome moves one after the other, <laughs> with no relenting for like 15 minutes. This is match for you. Yeah, but it, it wasn't It wasn't a spot fest because it was... I think the transitions in it were really good. Um, the, the way the pace... Uh, well, not the pace, the uh, the way 
uh, the action went from like one wrestler being in charge to the other. That the way it went from from one section of the match to another was entirely mm. believable. Everything made sense, and the conditioning of both of them is just incredible to have this kind of match, especially Haskins having been off for like three four months before this. To come yeah, back and have this impressive. match as his first match back is just incredible. It really is. So I, I thought this was fantastic. <laughs> Definitely something that everyone should go and watch, <laughs> I think. Yeah, if you only watch like one match from uh, the show, of course that'd be stupid because you have to pay <laughs> like eight pounds or whatever it is for... Uh, for no, the, five pounds for renting. Five pounds eight for pounds rental. Buying. Uh, eight pounds to buy it, yeah. Um, but if you're going to spend that much money, you might as well watch the whole show. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that would be definitely a match to watch because it's fantastic. I, I talked a couple of people into buying the show just based on that match, <laughs> and I don't think they were disappointed. Uh, before uh, the next match, there was a little segment with the um, the body pros, um, Adam, Max, Ted, and <laughs> I can't remember who else is in the uh, the little group, but there's like no, three it's Adam Max said and two other people. <laughs> uh, crowd chanted steroids at them. That about sums up what kind of a, a worker he is. <laughs> um, so they basically, uh, you know, had a go at Martina for being fat, and then Drew Galloway came out there and beat everyone up. Mm. Um, and then cut the most Drew Galloway promo ever. <laughs> I love his promos. Yeah, I love his promos too, but like it's it's kind of like a meme now <laughs> that he always cuts these. I love wrestling. I love indie wrestling promos. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> it's just it's the same promo every time. It but it isn't. It isn't because like this this one had a, an awful lot of history to it because he, um, like I, I put him over, uh, put uh, Drew's promo over in, in what culture when he had the neck injury and came back because he talked about um, uh, like his history then. But it was specifically about like being uh, helpless um, because of the neck problem. Mm. Whereas this was all about his history with Irish wrestling and how it went back to to Irish whip, all the stuff with uh, like rooming with Seamus and and um, the way he kind of tied it all together. That's that's what a good promo uh, is. You take he's a, he's different a great, strands tied together. Great talker, and that's why he gets to talk so much on indie shows where there aren't a lot of great talkers. Yeah, I think there's there is room there for um for people to cut promos that doesn't happen at the moment, like pre record some stuff, just insert it into the into the show. I think I would uh, a lot of long term storylines would benefit from just a little bit of a, a promo here and there. Yeah. Um so it's like he's coming back. Uh so he's wrestling their April show. Uh, we know this because he pointed at the sign. <laughs> Um, after that, we had uh, another uh, huge match. Uh, Marty Skrull against Matt Riddle. Uh, Riddle had originally been booked to wrestle against Pete Dunne, but uh, they couldn't do that for reasons. And uh, Skrull was the replacement. Uh, you enjoy this one? <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, didn't think it was Matt Riddle's best match in Europe, but yeah, <laughs> love Matt Riddle. I listen to his theme song every day. <laughs> Worship at the old altar of Riddle. Um, and yeah, great chemistry with Skull. Just a really fun match. Um, again, they went all out, did a whole load of stuff, and it was really fun. And But also, there was that kind of submission element to it. Like, who was going to tap out to whose move? 
Um, and in the end, Riddle taps out to Skull, so Skull is evidently going to be around a bit more in OTT. I don't think this was just a one-off. Yeah, I think you would have had him lose if he wasn't going to be hanging around. So, uh, um, I I really enjoyed the storyline in this uh, match because there was a lot of stuff where, um, oh, how should I put this? It's like Riddle wasn't affected by stuff that would normally work against anyone. Mm. If you know what I mean, it's like Skull's usual ploys. Uh, seem to work universally against just about everyone, even if it's somebody that they he's wrestled loads of times before, he still catches them in certain spots. Whereas in this match, um, like when he called for the chicken wing, it didn't work. Uh, when he went for the finger snap, it didn't work. And he got, he got uh, toe snapped instead. Did toe snapped, yeah. So like, still <laughs> had to change his game. And it actually... Seeing uh, Marty like forced out of his comfort zone like that was was actually quite refreshing, because he has been kind of sticking to his own um, like his own stereotypes and his own moves for for quite some time, and just to see him be forced out of that zone and to to see those those moves changed around was was really refreshing. Definitely, and that's what Riddle's all about. He's about shaking things up and just being different. <laughs> That rolling gut wrench suplexes he did—that's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Like that kind of power and like grit to do that is pretty crazy. Yeah, it's just insane. I, it was kind of tough for them to follow on from because, uh, like, the two segments before was like that great Haskins Andrews match, which I yeah. I assume OTD didn't realize it was going to be that good. Otherwise, it probably would have been in a different spot. And the uh, Drew Galloway surprise to have to follow those two and then come up with this match uh it was very tough it's a tough spot for them this could have fallen on its face at some point but i thought they did a really good job and uh another good promo i thought uh marty's uh post-match where he talked about how it took him 12 years to get this good and be recognized as a star on the world stage and riddles got there in two <laughs> i think that i thought that was a really good promo that was lovely. <laughs> lovely little shout out to uh, the best import forever. Hmm. Well, since since Hero, since AJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, import of the year then, uh, Matt Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit early to be crowning, uh, crowning an award, but uh, he's, he's had a good couple of months. Uh, next match on the show, we had uh, uh, Irish... Uh, Jordan Devlin, the shit Finn Balor, against uh, Canadian speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, I'd actually forgotten Mike Bailey was on this show. That's how stacked it was. <laughs> it was so loaded up. Um, I've had a couple of issues with Mike uh, regarding selling before. And it's not... I'm not one of these guys that just moans about selling all the time and like, oh, they don't sell properly nowadays. Um but if you have your your leg worked on, you can't really then come back and do a load of knees with it, especially when it's the knee that's been worked over. Mm. Uh, he, that, he does that do that quite a bit, like kick with the leg that he's been attacked I mean, just on. Kick with the other leg. I, I mean, <laughs> he, he did the uh, the crane kick from the Karate Kid. Which I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. So it's like, oh, he's finally doing something with the leg. Like, oh, the leg hurts. He can't use it. So he's 
he had to do that. And I assume Jordan Devlin hasn't seen the Karate Kid because he fell for it. <laughs> I really enjoyed um, Devlin's heel act. I think he's gotten really good at it. Um, uh, like he's, he's a, a lot he's better a, here. He's a nasty so and so. That boy. Um, you want you want to see him get beaten up because um, he's he's just shit thin Balor, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Like he he he's way too big for his boots, and you want to see him his chest get caved in by Mike Bailey's kicks. So yeah, in that regard, this match really worked. I thought the the dynamic between them really worked. It wasn't think, as good as the prior two matches, no. but it was nearly on the same level. And I, I think it would it something. would have worked. It could have been at that level if they hadn't bothered with the leg, or yeah. they'd done the leg work at the end, which is what I said with um, uh, Bailey against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I said exactly the same thing, I'm pretty sure, where he'd had the leg worked and then they just forgot about it and went and had the normal match at the end. <laughs> uh, if they'd done the leg work at the back end of this, it would have been all right, I think. Because the, basically the finish was um, Bailey missing with the double knees and then getting hit with the package pile driver. Yeah. Which happened because he got a bad knee. So it, it made sense. It just didn't in between it was ups and downs but uh, one thing about Devlin is that he is significantly better in OTT than he is outside of OTT <laughs> as so, we saw in Headlock City WWE uh, yeah but I, I kind of assumed that he was asked to work that way yeah I mean if you were going to go out and showcase yourself we know he can do better than that so that was presumably something he was told to do um, with uh, Devlin, it'll be interesting to see how he is in progress because he's debuting for them um, this weekend. Yeah, and if he has a bad match against Travis Banks, then that's probably not good. Yeah, no, probably not. So, yeah, hopefully he can uh, have a good match outside the OTT, like you said. Um, he looked a lot better here than he did in the WWE tournament. So if that's your first experience of him and you're judging him harshly on that, then definitely give this show a shot. And he works a lot better against um, a big style, well, big indie style like Mike Bailey. Um, really good match. Um, yeah, and then we had um, oh, they had a quick sorry, they had a quick plug for uh, Scrapper Mania. Um, so they they've got a load of guys on this, like uh, Osprey, uh, uh, Ryan Smiles on it, Ricochet, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega. And I said the other day on on uh, on the Twitter, do you think like Britress or, or the Eurograps or whatever has got like a book discount on uh, on Young Bucks <laughs> and Kenny Omega bookings? Because all of a sudden they're everywhere. Well, I mean, it's all over one weekend, so I guess they just they're popping in to say hi. They're, they're popping all over the place. <laughs> well, yeah, they're going to fly from London to Wolverhampton to Dublin in the space of three days. And I'm sure we'll have fun in doing so. <laughs> oh, and be... uh, Scotland Discovery can't can't yes, get yeah, that. Yes, yeah, yeah. And Discovery <laughs> against a mystery trio. So yeah, um, they go. They're going everywhere. I'm kind of pleased that they got uh, the uh, Fight Club Pro uh, booking because um, I kind of hadn't booked tickets to Rev Pro, and I was like regretting it afterwards <laughs> when when they announced. They actually announced Kenny Omega the morning. 
sold out in the afternoon and then i got yeah. in from work and i was like what do you mean they sold out that was yeah. that was pretty crazy <laughs> yeah when i saw that pop up on my phone i was like yeah gotta get home gotta because i know they're gonna go so you're going to epic encounter then i am indeed oh, I, okay. I mean i thought hiromu would be enough for me but um because i'm now in love with hiromu but <laughs> yeah <laughs> once i saw omega i knew that i would have, have to go and I'm also going to um, the Tag Team Invitational, um, the Wolverhampton Show. Yeah, so, the Wolverhampton Show. That's going to be good. Double Elite. Yeah, I've got, I'm going to that show, uh, but I'm not going to uh, Rev Pro. I'll just have to watch that one on, on VOD. But because yeah. um, they just named, um, a bit of a tangent, but they just named Hiroki Goto against uh, uh, Zach Gibson. Did you see uh, Zach Gibson's affiliation? Hiroki Goto of Chaos versus mm-hmm. Zach Gibson of Liverpool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure that doesn't endear you to him. Oh. <laughs> um, not the club, no. I, not at all. Um, sorry, I'm aware that we just kind of wandered off on a tangent. Yeah, again there. Yeah. I can't remember <laughs> what we were talking about. So if we go back to um, the next match, which was... Uh, Tyler Bate and Angel Cruz against Paul Tracy and Charlie Sterling. Um, part of the issue that I feel OTT has, with the exception of Jordan Devlin, is that there is quite a large gap in talent between uh, the imported stars and the Irish talent. Yeah. And it's never been more amplified than it is when you've got Tyler Bates <laughs> tagging with Angel Cruz. It's no, a cute a act. Difference. But yeah, the level of talent between the, the it's a massive gulf. I feel like um Paul Tracy and Luke Ward aren't aren't that far behind either. I feel like Paul Tracy has been wrestling for a very, very long time. Yeah. The And he, he's very good on the mic as well. Hmm. I once saw Paul Tracy wrestle live in Scotland. And this must have been, I want to say, 2004 or something <laughs> like that. It was a very long time. He was tagging yeah. with Balor at the time, uh, uh, Fergal Devitt, as he, as he was at the time. So he's been around for a long time. He He's definitely the Marty Gennetti of that team. <laughs> it really is. Um, I, I no, could not argue with that. I mean, no offence. Like, you know, Marty was a good wrestler. But, um, yeah, Paul Tracy, he's kind of remained in Ireland. And I kind of think he's he's getting outshone by Charlie Sterling as well. Well, a little bit. I I think their act sort of works with that, though, because he's sort of the boss and sits back while Sterling does all his dirty work but doesn't realise it. So I, <laughs> I think that is justified in their act. Fair enough. Um... Don't really have a lot to say about this because it was kind of a, a yeah, filler match almost. Com- and, comedy filler, really. Yeah, and, t- an excuse to get win. Tyler on the show. That was it. I, I did um, pose the question on the Twitter: um, Why is Tyler Bate not carrying his um, uh, UK title around? And um, the response that I got was that he did have the title. It wasn't like it was uh, in a vault in Stamford somewhere. Um, but WWE don't want him to wear it on other people's like yeah. shows, which I think is a bit weird. I mean, wouldn't you want the, that title to be 
Despite... I guess because it's a prop that only exists in the WWE universe, so you can't sully it by <laughs> tarnishing it with indie scum. <laughs> I guess so, but uh, that's what's happening. He's he's not allowed to wear it on um, on indie cards. I thought he would wear it at, at Fight Club Pro because it was like the first big yeah. show he'd done since, um, like, in his his home. After winning the title, I thought it would have been a no-brainer to just kind of come out waving it around, but nope. Oh, well. Um, speaking of titles, the main event for this show was uh, the OTT No Limits title. Pete Dunne defending against Ryan Smile. Dunne hadn't been beaten uh, for th- like the entire of his run in OTT in singles. Um, so the fact that he'd lost here... Does that suggest to you that he's not going to be in OTT anymore? I think this weekend was a goodbye. Like, he lost the title um, to Ryan Smile, who's been built up for it. But then, like, he w- he beats Mark Andrews in the main event of Night 2, and then does the, does the bowing, does the waving. Mm. Like, sort of dropping the act and sort of slapping hands with the fans. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like this was him on the out in OTT. And like, who can blame them? Obviously, um, I compare his and British Strong Style situation right now to Gargano and Champers from a couple of years ago, where they're sort of half-signed, but you know that they're going to get signed eventually. So, better to wrap it up at a logical place here rather than stretch it run out to the point where nobody cares I... about it anymore or, like, yeah. knows that he's leaving. Well, Pete's been, been over... Um in Ireland making a name for himself for the entire uh, run OTT have had. Yeah. And he's done a fantastic job over there. Well, he, he's um, become the bruiserweight over the, like, this was, when he started on OTT, he was still very much um, without an identity. Like, uh, I, I've always thought he was a good wrestler, but never never had that look until his, he started in OTT and did the China tour, and that was the turning point. And he definitely learned Applied his trade as the heel champion OTT and helped get them onto a bigger profile. Like, I think it was like the beginning of 2016 when we first started talking a lot about OTT, and that was just as well a couple of months into Pete Dunne's first title reign. Yeah, he definitely got eyes um, on himself with his performances there. I. It, the only problem that they've got here is I don't think this was a logical place to switch the title, and I don't think they'd built Ryan Smile up as a as a significant uh, person within the company. They didn't heat him up for this title shot. It was just yeah, it was a soft heating up, if anything. Like oh, he's been put in a lot of big matches. He wore the Irish paint that one time. Um, like he's obviously been built up as a star in OTT and like important for them. But yeah, there was no build for this because he was originally going to face Matt Riddle was beat done. So Ryan Smile was a replacement challenger. Um, so it's definitely a rush to the finish of the story. But at the same time, you can't do, say Ryan Smile think, was completely out of the blue. Do you think the original plan was for Dunn to drop the title to Matt Riddle? Possibly. I'm not sure. Because <laughs> um, if that was the match they were having and they knew Pete Dunn was leaving... Was that what they were going to do? Or has Pete's departure been accelerated by the fact that they've not been able to book him against who they wanted? 
Do you th- yeah, do you think um, Titan Tower's alarm bell rang when they heard that Matt Riddle was going to beat one of their guys? <laughs> mm. With uh, Riddle being such a, a featured uh, player for um, Flow Slam, yeah, in a perhaps that was an issue. I don't know. But uh, they did kick off at something else where Riddle was uh, wrestling somebody on uh, on a Flow Slam event. I know OTT were on the Flow Slam, but now aren't. But Riddle is is Mr. Yeah, Flow o- Slam, really. He's o- one of their poster boys. OTT was only one show on Flow Slam, and then they quickly got the word <laughs> that they probably shouldn't be on Flow Slam. Yeah. And then didn't continue on. But yeah, I, I think it was IPW. Um, yeah. Hit with the Riddle done thing because well. Riddle, yeah, he wrestled Brian Smile on that show, so it's all come full circle. It all makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, my theory here is that they probably knew Pete wasn't going to be available much longer, wanted him to drop the title, thought it'd be an interesting switch to go with uh, with Riddle, seeing as progress have got him as champion. You know he's going to be over uh, in Europe. Um, and I think WWE kind of said, no, you can't do that. That's crazy that WWE is booking the indies now. (laughs) Well, this is what happens. And that's, that's how they do things. They, they take over and they're in charge. So it is what it is. What did you think of the actual match? <laughs> I realise we had match, oh, people, Yeah, uh, no, the match was really good. I mean, like the, the three big matches on this show were all really strong. Um, the, the only concern for, for OTT is that you look at those three big matches and they were all import guys. Like none of them were... Uh, none of the, the guys that wrestled in the, those matches were Irish. Um, so that is a worry for them. But um, they have been using Pete Dunne and Ryan Smile for three years, so you could claim it was three guys that they built up to a position where this was kind of a, a match that made sense from from the perspective that they... I mean, didn't they wrestle each other like the first show they were there? Yeah, they, wrestled they, each were, other. they were both on the first show and they wrestled each other. So it makes sense that Smile was the guy to definitively beat Dunne, obviously Paul Tracy had the title reign in between, but like that was, wasn't too significant. Yeah, it, it, this has been the done show for a while, so it makes sense to transition he, it to Smile. Yeah, even though um, this made sense from like a, like a booking perspective, do you think the crowd reaction was a little... Uh, they were a little underwhelmed by it, maybe? Oh, I, there were some murmurings on Twitter like of screenshots of people looking perturbed to say the least that Ryan Smile won it and maybe he's not as over as OTT would like the him to be but I, I thought his post-match promo certainly showed that he can be an impassioned figurehead for the company like their ace so to speak um, it's not like he's, he's an ace anywhere else but in terms of like the big promotions I mean yeah. they're probably using him but that's about it so maybe like his standing in other companies lessens him here. I'm not sure, but yeah, there was certainly an air of, huh, is that it? It wasn't confetti falling from the rafters and everyone giving him a standing ovation. But I I did think his post-match promo was really good, and I think he's really fucking good in the ring, so he should be a good champion. I I look forward to having more matches here. I did think it was a missed opportunity for him not to be at Belfast, though. That was kind of weird. 
Yeah, yeah, that that was an issue. But then, if that wasn't the plan originally, then that would kind of make sense. Yeah, because if if the original plan was uh, for Riddle to win, then they could have done Riddle and Haskins as a title match on on the second night. So that would have made sense. But yeah, um, I, the thing with with Ryan Smile, I mean he. He does say some incredibly stupid things, and he doesn't seem to have any like filter between his brain and his mouth. <laughs> but um, when it comes to in ring, like he he's fearless and he's exciting, and the matches that he's been having have have been genuinely great. It's just as long as he's got some kind of chemistry with his opponent, then you're guaranteed a, a good match from him as a main yeah. event. So I I don't see a problem with it. I I. I don't think uh, OTT are at, at the stage in their development where they can turn around and say that guy's not good enough to be our champion because I don't think that's true for starters and I don't think they're in that position. Hey, I mean, he's an OTT original, so yeah. like he's part of that promotion. I think he, he's as worthy a champion as any. Let's see if he gets those crowd the crowd reactions that he they want him to. Okay, um, so moving on. The second show, the following night, which would have been the 5th of February, was in Belfast. Um, different lineup on this show, some some different names involved. Um, first of which would have been Tucker, who I was not very familiar with before his uh, appearance in the, um, the uh, WWE's uh, gimmick. Um, he did really good against uh, Tyler Bates in Blackpool. Didn't think he looked as good here, but it was quite good. Quite a good opener. Yeah, decent opener. Um, I thought Charlie Sterling looked better than he did. Um, mm. And Sterling's really good as a heel. I hope, um, well, obviously he'll be playing a face against CCK in the Red Pro tag title match, but I think he he shines as a heel actually, and this sort of um. It's the thing is he has the move set of a babyface because he does a <laughs> lot. He does an awful lot of flips and like yeah. standing. There's a lot. There's a lot of flippy dudes. He has the there. facial expressions of a heel. I think mm. like he he sort of looks aghast at everything that happens and just angry with the world and his place in it. <laughs> <laughs> he just he he looks like a dickhead, doesn't he? That, yeah, uh, I think <laughs> it, it's very difficult to replicate that it's you either have it or you, or you don't that's um, so mean <laughs> no I, that's that was praise <laughs> only in wrestling could looking like a dickhead be a positive thing <laughs> it is it really is <laughs> when, when you're a heel it's very easy to just go out there and be a generic heel to add that second layer to it that makes you don't just hate them because they're the bad guy in the match you hate them because of what they are because of who they are yeah that's really hard to do and some people can't do it at all i imagine like um i tried to give a really good example but um like say tucker like his character is very um uh, bland i would say like there's not a lot going on with his character um he's a good wrestler but then you look at charlie sterling and and he drove the match because his character is so well defined yeah. Tucker's character was I'm Northern Irish that was about it wasn't it um, yeah 
he kind of he tries to do like um I guess like no nonsense kind of thing. Like, you know, we're just gonna cut down and wrestle and and that that's it. So I don't know, I still like him, Tucker. I think he's a, oh, yeah. a really good prospect. But I'm just saying that when you compare the two, Sterling is further along because he's yeah. got all that character work. and all Ster- that Sterling's the complete package by this point, I think, whereas Tucker's still putting the pieces together. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> second match on this show. The best match ever. <laughs> oh, oh, this... Lineup is is just strange to to for me to read it out. This is strange. It's the lads from the flats, and Martina the session moth. So basically, a, a very very OTT gimmick uh, trios team going up against Paul Tracy, Ginny, and Rene Dupree. <laughs> yes, the original pile of bait. Um, <laughs> I have I have a Rene Dupree fact for you on yeah. Uh, well, actually, I want you to. Yeah, uh, I want you to guess how Has many been... times in a row did he beat Seiya Sonata, aka Sonata in all caps, um, in 2013 on a tour of Canada? How many times in a row did he defeat him for the Gaiora TV title? <laughs> um, I have no idea. Eight. Uh, it was 24 times across May and June. In various locations in Canada, he defeated Seiya Sonata. I take it it wasn't televised, <laughs> which kind of... Iron- ironically, yeah. Um, kind of defies yeah. the point of it being a TV title. Sonata cannot get past Rene Dupree, so maybe he should come to New Japan and finish that dude off. Um, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I Honestly, I thought he looked quite good here. Uh, I forget that he was... Um, because he was... Twenty when he was in WWE, yeah. um, that he's still actually quite young. He's he's got to be what thirty something, the early thirties. Thirty two, I think. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I don't think he's picked up an awful lot of seasoning. He's solid, but um, I mean he looks like a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah, he's, monster. he's kept the physique. The um, I think the issue with him, and you can see why WWE kind of gave up on him, is he's not really progressed beyond the worker that he was when he left WWE. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got muscles and that's it. But sometimes that's all you need. <laughs> um, not anymore, I don't think. Yeah. I think the world been... of wrestling has moved on from him and his kind. I'm afraid so. And he's very young. He was like probably the last <laughs> like uh, yeah, yeah. muscle man, wasn't he? But I, then again, I think he still has... For a movie about him. I, I think he still has charisma, certainly. And he beats another 24 times, so he must be a good wrestler. <laughs> um, well, you can do the French tickler. <laughs> the hell of a dance. Um, I actually thought it was quite a good match um, for what it was. I Obviously, I enjoyed Ginny again. Um, the heels healed it up. I think the only problem that they had is... Um, oh, I'm going to have to name names now. What was the... Uh, it was Paddy. Paddy M and Worky. Paddy. Worky has got a bit of size about him, but Paddy is just tiny. <laughs> Skin and bones. He looks like a... It's like uh, you go to a working men's club and there's always like a, a... There's a Paddy in every working man's club. 
and I don't mean like an Irish person. I mean like a Paddy M, like this <laughs> skin and skin and bones guy who's drunk Guinness all his life and somehow has not put any on any yeah. Um I I just don't don't buy into guys of that size wrestling against guys of Rene Dupree's size. Yeah, and it looked a bit ridiculous. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. I think it was supposed to look ridiculous. So, I mean, why else would you book Rene Dupree other than <laughs> to get a laugh? <laughs> I guess, I guess. Best part of the match, style clash. <laughs> you hear the <laughs> pop it got. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a, holy it's a big shit move. For it. It's like, Gin- Ginny's very smart to have picked a gimmick where she can use that move without it feeling like it's move it's stealing. Like it's yeah, very, it's very natural for her to use that move. <laughs> and she hit it on a man as well, so that was <laughs> kind yeah, of. Yeah. Um, to be Although fair, Paddy's, that, that, Paddy's that smaller than Martina by literally tiny. <laughs> yeah. I don't really understand how Paddy uh, took all of the heat. Got his ass kicked for like ten minutes, um, and then he got the pin. Full <laughs> trace. He's like, just get somebody else to win it. It's just, yeah, yeah. Again, though, I thought Ginny was the star in this. Yeah, I also thought Paul Tracy's mic work at the beginning was really good. Um, yeah, it was good. Went beyond just running down the crowd for being poor and whatever, but like really, like got to the crux of what he was trying to say. Like, it, it he took traditional normal uh, Northern Ireland sucks heat and made it his own. So that was good. Um, yeah, so it, it was solid. I wasn't wasn't great or anything. Uh, match after that was uh, Tyler Bate and Jordan Devlin. This I thought was a better showing from from Devlin, although this is possibly because Tyler can sell. Um, but he uh, Tyler looked like an absolute star here. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's loving life at the moment. He can just wave and <laughs> get massively over. So yeah, but also a really good match as well. Like he wasn't um, laying it on thin or anything. Like this is a proper match, much better than the WWE uh, UK Championship match. So yeah, that was yeah. A loaded nothing, wasn't it? The, um, <laughs> the UK title ma- uh, tournament match. But uh, yeah, this, this was really good. This is a much better match than that one. Uh, Partially because of the the setting, like the, with the Tivoli, it's all uh, very tight and enclosed, and you can hear what everybody says. And um, it's just a fun match in a fun venue. Um, I still think Devlin needs that mat that that singles breakout match where he has oh, an absolute blow away match. It hasn't happened for him yet, and this was probably as close as I've seen it. But um, I'm sure it will come. Still questions definitely about his in ring work, but. I think he's certainly getting there, and like mm. you said, he's the best guy OTT have native his, wise. His timing so. is really good, um, and if you've got timing, then that's always a good sign that you're going to become really good at everything else. Um, so yeah, that, that was a very solid match. I enjoyed that. Um, match after that was the Wards, uh, Luther and company against the Kings <laughs> of the North. <laughs> Stop laughing. Um, the Kings of the North not well liked in Southern Ireland, but liked in Northern Ireland because they're from there. Yeah, it's the Heart Foundation all over again. I, I like that they have that dynamic. It's fun. <laughs> it's very rare that you get that nowadays. Yeah, usually heels are heels, heels universally. 
but yeah, I guess <laughs> Ireland and Northern Ireland have. Um, it's that. unique, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Nothing quite like it, I guess. I'm glad things have settled down to the point where they can actually have a tag team that goes. Yeah, <laughs> the fact, one the fact that it's all fun and games in wrestling now, and that's as far as it goes, is probably yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing, it is. I remember, because um, uh, I live quite close to Birmingham, and when I was a kid, they used to bomb uh, pubs in, in Birmingham because of the troubles in Northern Ireland. Um, it, imagine having that, where like you had violence on your, on your very doorstep. It's kind of unthinkable, almost. So it, it's great that... Uh, Times have changed. Very pleased about that. Um, Talking about anything other than the match, because the match was a whole load of nothing, really. There was a lot of spots. It was very spotty. Um, but none of them really landed, I think. <laughs> like, um, Luther Ward is good. Um, the other two wards, less so. Do, do they need to call someone Ward Ward? <laughs> like, with the, with the Dudleys? Well, I believe, I believe there was Rocky Mac, who's the mustache guy, and Pa Ward, who is the uh, the guy who looks like a shindy wrestler in 2003. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's room for some creativity there. If they bring somebody in that's good... Uh, that sounded like an insult. If they bring somebody <laughs> in that's like known for another gimmick and put like the Ward name on them, that could be better for the, for yeah. the stable. Just for shits and giggles. I did I did enjoy the finish and um, the Kings of the North just beating up on um I believe it was Par Ward. Um but yeah just kind of destroying him. Like they're a good like big boy tag team, I think. Uh, I it was bizarre that this was a six man tag match, but also a tag team championship match. That yeah, I didn't happen. actually notice <laughs> until they announced them as the winners and still tag team champions and I was yeah. like hey because they had uh, Duncan Disorderly in there as well on the... Uh... Oh, that's a great name, that is. They, uh, uh, OTT are particularly good at, uh, at gimmicky names. With the uh, uh, Duncan Disorderly and uh, Justin Shape. I don't think either of them are at Marius Van Beethoven, though. That's still the, uh, <laughs> the measuring stick for, for great names in wrestling, in, in European wrestling. Um, so, uh, the next match after that was, uh, Mark Haskins and Matt Riddle. Um, before I saw this, uh, somebody, I forget who, I want to say, uh, her name is, uh, Ninja Potts on Twitter. I don't actually know what her name is. So I'm going to look it up because she shared a, um, her name's Vicky. She's at Ninja Potts on Twitter. She shared a um, like a GIF of uh, um, Matt Riddle doing a tope off the ramp into the ring on Haskins. That is just for me. That's that's one of the spots yeah. of the year. Absolutely <laughs> that was a, sensation. That was less a tope and more a torpedo. I that just, was crazy. The speed he, he <laughs> did it at. And then afterwards, after he got the near fall and it wasn't the finish, and like he rolled over and the camera was right down there by him, and you can hear him say, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> it's good that he enjoys himself. Yeah, he was marking out for himself. <laughs> Bless him. Um, 
like the the Mark Andrews match, this was really, really good. Like really good. So you had the um uh Haskins has this intensity about him that is just it defines what he is as a wrestler. I mean, it's not what he's like as a person. As a person, he's just really nice. But when he gets into the uh, into the wrestling ring, he just has this this drive and this intensity, and you can see it on his face. Whereas Riddle, complete opposite, extremely laid back, really relaxed, happy, like just happy to be there, kind of thing. Until yeah, always, always smiling, even when he's getting hit in the face and power bombing people. So they had this great opposites attract chemistry thing going on that mm-hmm. um that really worked for me i the, the quality of the match was was very very high and you could see that riddle was impressed um after the match when they kind of did like a handshake spot he he didn't even want to know the handshake went straight in for the hug he was just like wanting to show haskins that he thought a lot of him yeah after wrestling him um, obviously, Haskins is getting a lot of opportunities now. Uh, Evolve have, um, uh, have invited him to come and uh, wrestle for them. Um, when the year started, I didn't know if I was going to see Mark Haskins this year. <laughs> and I've already seen him uh, wrestle two incredible matches in, in Ireland. I've seen him wrestle in person. I've had a chat with him. And he's going to be working for Evolve. So he really has turned that around. It's a very um, good start to the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially considering where he was at going into 2017. Um, this match itself, I didn't think it was quite as good as Haskins versus Andrews. Um, no, it was, it was a step a below. Bit, it, it didn't quite have the same intensity. They, they and, took a while like, to click. Yeah. kind of. It, it wasn't balls to the wall straight off. And there, there was a little bit of feeling out going on. Once that torpedo tope hit, though, like that was when the match went into overdrive. Um, yeah, all the stuff down the stretch at the end is great. I can't can't argue with that. I think this is probably the second favorite match of the weekend for me. And so Mark Haskins, Haskins. got one and two. Haskins <laughs> one and two, yeah. And I, I think Riddle, Riddle got three that. and four. So <laughs> Haskins and Riddle are very good wrestlers. Yes. Definitely. So I'd love to see them go again. Um, I think having had that first match, gotten that out of the system, I think a second one would be phenomenal. And I get the feeling down the line we're going to see them wrestle each other in really big matches. And if they can do this on an undercard match, then imagine what a big match is going to look like. Ah, wrestling. Um. The semi-main event was Eddie Kingston against Luther Valentine. Uh, the main event was uh, Pete Dunne and Mark Andrews. Um, so Peter just lost his title um, the night before, first loss in three years. Um, so instead of having him go out on a downer, they had him have like one final match in OTT, and that was Mark Andrews. Yeah, obviously the guy he knows best. Times. Yeah. I mean, they've had oh, God knows how many matches. They must have been <laughs> wrestling each other for their whole careers at this point. Yeah, I think the WWE match is probably the best one, just because of the stage they were on and like the emotion behind it. Um, this wasn't quite the same, but it was like sort of a best of Pete Dunne hits kind of thing. Like, definitely a great match to send him out on and remember him by an OTT. Yeah, 
Well, it's two pretty good matches to go out on. I mean, like the the big matches on these two shows, they all landed really well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't complain about any of like the big time indie star singles matches on these shows. Like they were all really good and definitely worth your time. It's only like the gimmicky tag stuff which is maybe maybe a flawed. Yeah, but then um. I don't think there was anything outstandingly bad. I think probably the worst match was the one I just kind of skipped over. Yeah, well, we'd already talked buried about there that was, a little bit. Uh, so. Kingston and Valentine. <laughs> and, and even that had uh, had banter. And, um, uh, well, potty mouth violence from, <laughs> from Eddie Kingston. So um, even that wasn't a total loss. So even like the downside was, was okay. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend these two shows. I, if you only want to watch one of them, I would probably go with uh, Dublin, yeah, because that that Haskins Andrews match is off the charts. Plus, you still Dub get Dublin. to see Riddle, you still get to see Pete Dunne, you get to see the big title change. Dublin was the better show, definitely. Um, but Belf- Belfast wasn't too bad either. It just kind of relied a bit too much on hometown guys and gimmicky stuff in between the good matches. So yeah. Uh, I've I've had it remarked to me that there is a, a an issue with with OTT, which is kind of similar to the one that Rev Pro have got, and that's that they they're struggling to develop uh, talent themselves to match the talent that they're bringing in, and I think it's far more pronounced in OTT than it is in Rev Pro, where they're making a, a genuine effort to push uh, yeah. guys like Dan McGee and and Rob Lias. Uh, who've only just come into the business. Well, also RevPro's, like, pushing of Dave Mastiff and Zach Gibson and, like, making them different in RevPro than in anywhere else. I think they're doing a much better job of that this year. And um, the cockpit shows, we've always been praising them, but now I think they're on another level in 2017, like, in terms of just building up the characters a bit better yeah, yeah. than they've ever done before. So I don't know if you can really level that criticism at RevPro right now. But yeah, OTT if, is... If you only watched the big shows, then that would be how you would perceive Rev Pro. That's, that's yeah, my yeah, feeling. Yeah. So if you only watched the Your Call shows, then you would see um, the, the local guys that they brought through as basically jobbers. They don't really... <laughs> well, they don't really push them at all on the big shows. Yeah, yeah. Like Josh Bowden's been around for how long now? And he's he's just kind of starting to get some traction on the... On the main card, I know he's held the the title before, but that's kind of before they started doing super shows, super shows constantly. I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, I think OTT's big problem is they don't run as often as as someone like Rev Pro, and they've gone from running shows that help to build character to doing super shows for every show, and it's kind of marginalised the local talent. They all have like a spot that they're in, and they doesn't feel like there's any advancement out of that. And Devlin just happened to be higher up the card than everyone else when that happened. I think you could level this criticism at a lot of indie promotion, British indie promotions right now is the inability to mix the indie superstars with um, the more local guys, um, because now there are so many UK super indie guys, but they do kind of outshine the guys you've always been booking, so if you want to bring in a Marty Skull or a Pete Dunne, it does kind of fuck your roster up a little bit. (laughs) 
there are, there are ways and means around this. I, I think the problem that they've got here is you look at these shows, these two shows in particular, and all the best matches came from imports wrestling other imports, even if they're guys that have worked there for a long time, they're still imports. Um, whereas the local talent, the likes of, I mean, you look at that first show, who've you got from, from Ireland in there? You've got Martina, you've got Justin Shape, Devlin, Angel Cruz, Paul Tracy, and that's it. Um, two of those guys in a tag where, the, where they were outshone by their, their uh, tag team partners who are not Irish. Devlin obviously is Devlin, that's fine. Justin Shape basically got crushed by Eddie Kingston and Martina lost to, to Ginny and looked handily uh, outperformed in the process. So th- there's definitely an issue there, but how do you fix it? Do OTT have a training school? I've never really heard of it. I'm not sure if they they do or not. I'm not sure if they do. And I think that might be the problem. If they're not bringing people in kind of at the bottom of the, of the card and, and starting to build them up that way, that there seems to be no, uh, natural progression from like opening act to, to main event. It just, that process doesn't seem to be happening there. And I mean, I I might seem like I'm being harsh here because I think OTT is a really good promotion. I really enjoy watching it, but I'm thinking long term, and long term, the picture is super show after super show, and well, anyone can do that as long as they've got money. Is that I think fair? The two <laughs> promotions, yeah, yeah, I think the two promotions that get it right are WXW and ICW, the two promotions that mix their local talent with mm. the super indie stuff better than anyone. I think WXW's them... got it nailed down. They've, they've been doing oh, yeah. it for a long time and they know exactly what they're doing, which is what, what allows them to put on these great super shows, but mixed into those super shows are talent that they've built themselves, like um, Jern Simmons or Axel Dieter. It's like they've built The super shows, shows don't like... feel like one-off super shows. They just feel like big shows for them. Yeah. And I, I would say that's right. the same thing for ICW. You know, I think they've done a very good job of retaining the personality of the local talent um, and the skills of the local talent with like major stars like Ricochet and they don't look Yeah, well, ICW, they're, they're true to their roots and that's what makes them so popular uh, in Scotland. I think their issues have stemmed from uh, booking outdated um, storylines. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair to them, the crowd have been into them, so it's who am I to, to turn around and say that they're <laughs> bad storylines? I just don't think they're relevant to uh, um, what is happening now in wrestling. I, I think it's, they're a little bit behind. It's definitely an interesting issue bring up with OTT, and it's something maybe we can talk about more in later episodes. Um, well, we'll see We'll see how the cards go. Um I can see um, it being an issue for them going forwards because every show they, they name talent for, it's like you look at the talent and think, well, who are they going to end up wrestling? Are they going to end up wrestling the local guys or are they going to want to put on a like a really strong show and not do that? And that, I think, is the problem because in between, because they're, they're quite a young promotion, you have to remember this, because they've, they've not been around very long and they've kind of gone straight 
from struggling to establish their own identity to these big shows all the time. It's, yeah. They've kind of missed a step out in there somewhere, and that's that's where the problem has arisen. They haven't built their guys up enough. But hey, if wrestling was uh, wrestling promotion was was easy, everyone would do it. <laughs> so um, why we like to talk about it and analyze it? <laughs> yes. So should we move on to Fight Club Pro? We're going to talk Let's... a little bit about their uh, Dream Tag Invitational. Um, do you want to run through the teams we've got for this? I can indeed. Um, we have Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, FSU, uh, Mark Andrews, Nerdy Nurse, The Bruiser Cats, yes. Pete Dunn and Sammy Callahan, The Leaders, oh. um, <laughs> The Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Penta L Zero Muedo. Try saying that five times fast. You can't say <laughs> that, that at ca- all. Not, <laughs> not as catchy as Pentagon, is it? <laughs> no, it's um, a little tricky. And and Helico and Jack Evans. Yes. Plus two qualifiers, one from each of the next two shows. Oh, I have no um, idea who those are going to be. No idea. They haven't announced what those matches are going to be. So a nice mix of huge stars, um, guys who've been around in F- uh, Fight Club Pro forever, and also some mystery in there. That's... <laughs> I, I do like the fact that the Bruiser Cats is that's very much the the definition of what they're going for here. Yeah. It's the guy that's been built up locally plus the big star import together. And that's <laughs> that's one of the tag teams. It's like just that the, defines just what we were talking it. about. Yeah. Well that's a, that's the thing with the Midlands and uh Fight Club Pro is that all those guys were the local guys and now they're the big stars because they made their names for themselves there. <laughs> yeah, that was, Midlands that was too wrestling. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so um they, they've been fortunate in that respect because there were no stars in the Midlands. I mean, we had like what Spud, uh, <laughs> Dave Mastiff. Well, he wasn't even Mastiff at the time. It would have been Dave Morales. But there really yeah. were no stars in the Midlands, and now there's tons. And, and this is largely because of Pro. <laughs> yeah, it's largely because of Fight Club Pro and what they've been doing. Um, and also in Fight Club Pro news, uh, Nixon Newell. We've been talking for some time that uh, she may be going somewhere. <laughs> and we know exactly bookings... where she's going. Um, you know, yes. do you know Casey Michael? Um, uh, yes, he keeps track of like uh, WWE's uh, women's talent, and he posted up a picture um, at some point today, which had like it was like a list of uh, like faces of people who were who worked there, and Nixon York was on it. <laughs> just so uh, like yet to report or something like where where. A, uh, where she was, yeah, we we don't it's... have to remain coy about it. <laughs> no, she she's going. Everyone knows she's going. It's it's been a, a very badly kept secret for. Uh, I try to think when when I actually knew. I think I knew in November or October last year, mm. as as like a dead certain. And it's not like from talking to anyone. It was just it was just widely known. Um, so we have her final two Fight Club Pro matches, which is sort of her home promotion as well as Attack, but again, Midlands wrestler, Nixon Newell. Um, <laughs> so she's going up against her longtime rival, Chris Brooks. Um, um, they, I think that'd be their third matchup in Fight Club Pro. Um, they set that up, incidentally, um, after the show that, um, that I went to, because um, yeah. they had uh, Nixon and Kaylee Ray against CCK. I can't wait to see that match, by the way. <laughs> um, 
I'm very hyped. Uh, incidentally, that was excellent. Um, I'm not sure what I would what I would rate it, but um, I probably have to watch it again for that. Um, but yeah, excellent match, phenomenally hot finish, and afterwards they have uh, Brooks um, like hugs Nixon Newell as if to say because she she's been left alone in the ring at this point, and she's drinking a beer by herself, and the crowd are giving her a standing ovation because they know. Yeah. Um, so then Brooks comes out, hugs her, and it's like the feud is finally over. It's like good luck in the future, kid. You know all this business, and then he kicks her in the face because he's a prick. <laughs> so that's how they set up the the final match. Yeah, and that's going to be crazy because I, I I saw one of their matches in the Planet Nightclub um, where they just smashed each other with. A, a bevy of items <laughs> um, and that was a lot of fun and then her final the, final match oh, sorry. I saw the, the four way uh, match they had where it was uh, Brooks, Nixon, Newell uh, Flash Morgan Webster and Dan Maloney yeah um, so that was another match where, where they were yeah. uh, pit against each other but I'm... and obviously they were tag partners in a uh... The yes. Vulture Squad. Vulture Squad. <laughs> All those years ago. <laughs> so there's um, a lot of history there. A lot of history. A lot of history. And that will all come to a head um, at Rise Against. And then at first female of Fight Club, I wonder why it's called that. Uh, oh. She'll be going up against Candice LeRae. And that will quite possibly be her final indie match. It might be. Um, she's due to report in April. Uh, that would be uh, calendar, calendar. That would I think be that's right at the end of March. So. It's March the eighteenth. That show. Okay. So she might actually. Now that I'm looking at it, there's a progress show on the twenty sixth. Yeah, and she's still got the semi final of Natural Progression to do. So, so that might be her last one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Good to show Nixon Newell some love. Um, I do love Nixon. The, I do the final month of, of her indie career. That's it's it's exciting. And also a little bit sad. It is. It's very sad. Um, but then, good luck to her in the future. Um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing what she does uh, in uh, NXT. There is obviously a massive void there at the moment. Uh, the likes of her, uh, Kimberly, Heidi Lovelace, uh, aiming to fill it. Um, we'll see how they get along. But I think they're the next uh, group of, of talent, along with Asuka, that's going to uh, make an impact because mm. they can't keep running Charlotte and Bailey and <laughs> Sasha forever and Becky and ever forever. And it's there. There are spots to be had there. And yeah, I, I can see a fill in one of them. She's good enough to do it. Um, uh, when they announced the uh, those matches, I decided on a whim to go and buy seats for both of the Fight Club Pro shows. <laughs> um, so I'm getting no sleep at all that weekend, and that is. <laughs> I've only just realised I'm going to be worked like a dog that week because the weekend before is carrot. And I've also realised that I've double booked myself and I was supposed to be going to w, uh, XWA uh, in Colchester to see Coach Ibushi and I can't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to be in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone wants a, a Coach Ibushi ticket, then... Yes, it, it is actually a front row. <laughs> so, um, XWA if, any, if anybody Rishi. wants a front row ticket to, to XWA, uh, <laughs> uh, before, before we turn this into eBay, 
Uh, shall we move <laughs> on to WCPW World Cup lineups? Oh. Mm. Uh, we have four countries currently yes, announced God. with the eight-man sub-tournaments or qualifying tournaments to get into the, the eight-man final tournament with a representative from all eight countries. Um, this is very exciting. It is, it's a loaded field um, and also a potentially volatile field <laughs> in some instances. Um, England should be nice and calm. Uh, we've got Zack Sabre Jr., Rampage Brown, Zach Gibson, Marty Skull, Will Ospreay, Martin Kirby, Jimmy Havoc, and Nick Aldis. Are you hyped for Nick Aldis? <laughs> no. Um, the <laughs> other seven, however, I think are excellent. Um, yeah. It it really is a good field. I like that it's not y- your basic superstars of Brit Rest. They have kind of mixed it up a bit. Um, Rampage obviously has been there since the beginning. Uh, he's a no brand Kirby. Both no-brainers. They've been using Skull and Osprey a lot. Sabre Jr., obviously top, top talent. Havoc, um, kind of synonymous with the British scene uh, over the last like three, four years. Um, Gibson, heat machine that he is. Uh, Aldis, I guess, if you're going to try and uh, make it different, then you have to reach out and pull in somebody that is kind of a name from TV, but attainable. <laughs> and yeah, Magnus is is a, attainable. Uh, he's not a very good wrestler, though. Better gladiator. <laughs> um, so Scotland, uh, which I believe is happening on the same week as England. I think England's on the 21st of March and Scotland on the yeah, 23rd. Scotland taking place in SWA, Scottish Wrestling Association. <laughs> Um, the promoter have... of that uh, uh, promotion once rang me while I was at work and kept me on the phone for two hours. <laughs> That's a true story. So you're not a fan. I am. I like. I like SWA. Conscience is a no, lovely okay. man. <laughs> he's, he's no. He he is billed as uh, I can't. Six foot something. He's not. That's a lie. That's a <laughs> filthy, filthy lie. <laughs> he knows where I live. I'm in trouble, man. Carry on. <laughs> so, Scotland lineups. We have Drew Galloway, Joe and Mark Coffey, Kenny Williams, Joe Hendry, BT Gunn, Lewis Gervin, and Liam Thompson. It's sort of a best of ICW, I guess. It is, yeah. It's very ICW lineup. Um, there's some good talent in there. Uh, Hendry yeah. obviously has worked a lot for uh, for them, uh, as has Galloway, as as has Joe Co- and Mark Coffey, for that matter. Um, nice to see Kenny Williams in there and BT Gunn. I think they'll do well. Um, Mexico, this is when it gets really interesting. This is insane. <laughs> this is taking place, by the way, in Coventry. Yeah, the home of Lucha. The home of Lucha Libre, Coventry. <laughs> we have Rey Mysterio, Alberto Alpatron, Caristico, who was the original Sin Cara, uh, Penta, whatever, whatever, Phoenix, <laughs> Drago, El Hijo Dos Caras, and El Leguero, because he <laughs> is Mexican. He is Mexican. I thought it was hilarious that they put Ligero in there. I think that's, <laughs> you uh, had to, you had to. Of all the um, what culture gags, I think that is probably the best that they've come that up with so far. Hilarious. Um, so yeah, we're going to have Sincar and Alberto Del Rio in the same bracket. That will be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also a whole 
gaggle of CMLL and AAA guys, and they they are not exactly the best of friends either. Uh, so not usually, no. I'm I'm wondering, and of course, uh, Phoenix and Penta left AAA, so. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much Drago, what Drago thinks of them now. Um. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. the uh, The thing with with uh, uh, Lucha Libre is there's that fiery Latin temperament, and people get annoyed with each other like violently. <laughs> so, um, that could be interesting. So yeah, odds on a shoot flight breaking out. I'm I'm fired up to see Liguero beating everyone. There. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Oligaro's got the most reason to be pissed off. Go on, sorry. Um, and Germany, uh, we got an interesting mix. We've got Axel Dieter Jr. and Bad Bones, the famous guys. Um, and then we got a whole bunch of interesting <laughs> named people. We have Juvenile X, Lucky Kid, Tarkan I'm going to be, be laughing more and more as this goes on, because the <laughs> names get sillier and sillier. Pascal Spalfer, Cash Money Erkan. Cash Urkan. Money Erkan. <laughs> And crazy sexy, <laughs> sexy Mike. Mike. This is a hell of a lineup. My God. <laughs> Where Cash did they find American. these people? I, Germany, somewhere. Um, the deepest, darkest regions of Germany. Several, several of those Cash gentlemen. Money, okay. uh, Alan Forel is not heard of. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's probably not the strongest of lineups that they've got, but. Um, I'm always interested to see uh, new wrestlers. So yeah. there, there are six people there, two of them with really silly names. Maybe three of <laughs> uh, I, I think all of their names are a bit silly. Yes, <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they're like. And uh, thank you to uh, WCPW for enlightening me uh, into the, the world of German wrestling beyond WXW. <laughs> and then there are also going to be rounds in Canada, USA, Japan, and the rest of the world. That Japanese one interests in. me intensely. I am yeah. really, really interested in that for two reasons. One, I want to know who they're getting uh, because whoever it is is going to the finals. So if it's somebody that I would never in a million years see in any other circumstances, then that might be the difference between me going and not going <laughs> to the finals. Because if it is, like, I'd, I don't even want to pull a name out of a hat, but like uh, like Kento Miyahara, for example. Like, I, I'm never going to see that guy ever unless he happens to be booked in this yeah. tournament. Um, also, though, like, whoever's in it is basically completely off the WWE's radar because there's no way they're going to sign up for that when WWE is prospecting a possible um, Asian tournament. Yes, which WWE is Japan. <laughs> they're intending on doing that, I think, this year. The, the world domination hand <laughs> looms over Japan. Yeah, so anyone that agrees to be in this tournament is basically WWE yeah. don't want them. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, we only know that Canada is going to be run by Smash Wrestling, Smash Wrestling and yeah. the other three we have no idea about. I assume the rest of the world will be the Travis Banks of the world, and that'll be very much WCPW. But USA and Japan, we've heard nothing about what the organization I, of that is going to be, I so that will be interesting. That uh, negotiations are underway. If they <laughs> if they manage to get like a WCPW show 
in Corrigan Hall. That'd be, yeah, that'd be something. <laughs> Can you imagine that, was, that? I could never predict it if that if that did happen. I mean, we we keep saying look, there's there's nothing that can surprise me anymore <laughs> in wrestling. But if WCPW ran Corrigan Hall in 2017, what I mean, really, what the fuck? What the fuck is happening? What is going on? It would be mad. It would be mad. But this is the. This is not that. That's not speculation. It's, it's that not. Is, it's that's not far just out. Genuinely of possible. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, where do we go from there? That was completely insane. Are, are you suitably sourced enough to talk lucha forever? <laughs> yeah, go on then. So, I mean, I'll, I'll let you take the lead on this because you clearly have something to say, do you? Uh, who in their right mind runs a Mr. and Mrs. tag team tournament? Uh, two wrestlers with girlfriends <laughs> <laughs> who like to advertise that they have girlfriends. I... Uh, I've taken... I've, oh, I have to control myself here. Um, Lucha Forever. Um, <laughs> so it's it's Will Ospreay and Ryan Smile, and yeah. Ryan Smile at the I went to the uh, Work and Arrest Hold uh, podcast down in London, and he he was on that, and he seemed upset that people knew that Lucha Forever was him, and it's like, dude, everyone <laughs> everyone knows it's you. <laughs> How how could you not know Literally at this point ev- that it's everybody, Will Ospreay and Ryan Smile? <laughs> everybody in the room knows it's you. Just um, so that in itself, I thought was was just ridiculous. Uh, Ryan Smile sometimes does strike me as being a completely ridiculous individual. Um, uh, so some of the cards that they put together, though, I'd, I'm going to have to give them their uh, credit. And like I said uh, earlier with OTT. You'd have to be, well, frankly stupid to not be able to put on a show in the UK with the talent that's available and just turn it into a supercard because there's so much talent available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I was looking at some of their cards. Uh, I'm now going to have to look at their card because I can't remember what it's, who's on it because it was. I just looked at it and it was like, it's a supercard. You know, um, there's... Can you hear the the sound of my <laughs> scrolling down there? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I got um, so Pete Dunn versus Ricochet, Shane Strickland versus Travis Banks, which uh, Fight Club Pro did great match. Will Ospreay versus Sammy Callahan, which I don't think I've ever seen, so that that should be good. Alex Windsor versus Tony Storm, girlfriend, <clears throat> and. <laughs> I think that's CCK and Damien Dunn against El Ligero. I can't see who the guy on the back row is. It looks like one of the hunters. And B Priestley. Girlfriend. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of looks like a fun show that they've got going on there. But, um, yeah, the whole... Um, Mr. and Mrs. Tag Team Tournament is just. Uh... I I don't. I, I is it? I 
think it's eight teens, right? It's not 16, because they couldn't be no, stupid think... enough to say 16. Was it 16 at the start, and they decided they, <laughs> they couldn't find that many? Because until... you, you could do that with eight. You could definitely do that with eight. I mean, they've got two, oh, and you? they can give... They can <laughs> they can call up Ricochet <laughs> and Tesla. Um, Who else is in but... it? Um... Stevie I just don't understand why Ray. anyone would be interested in such a concept. It's very self-serving. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, well, it's over three nights. Um, I hate to tell you, there actually are 16, 16 teams. teams. I, where are you going to fight? <laughs> are there 16 know. wrestling couples? I, I don't know. But it's... I guess some of them are going to be worked, but yeah. it's um, well, basically it's taking place um, over the. This is really confusing to me because it's the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and 29th of June, uh, which is midweek. I <laughs> don't really understand that. Um, but I yeah, do a, it's, it's weird. I do a yearly pub crawl on the twenty eighth of June, so. I might just go to it's in Birmingham, so I might and end up going to the the one on the 29th in some kind of drunken slash hangover state to just watch anyway. So I, I may end up going to the finals just because wrestling. Yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't like it. It's weird. And the other shows that they put on, they did say something about a ladder match with those like four-way ladder match uh, with uh, Pete Dunne and Osprey and people that look really great. But I, I think that uh, the whole concept of the Mr. and Mrs. Tag Team Tournament has kind of put me off them a bit. I mean, it's just weird that they've never run a show, but they're selling all this merch and like advertising shows for four months. There's loads now. of shows as well. It's, it's, not... it's an odd promotion, but like... We'll give it the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's going to be really awesome. It's just it's been strangely hyped so far. Well, the um the the one match that I have seen where they've they've done like a like a Mister and Mrs. Uh, tag was in WCPW where they did um, Osprey and uh, B against Ricochet and Tessa, and that was great. So if the whole but thing is that is good, is it sustainable then... over three nights? No, <laughs> I don't think it is. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's in June anyway, so <laughs> tickets are on sale <laughs> on Lucha Forever's website. Let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'd maybe it'll be good. I, I don't know. <laughs> Did you have any anyway. takes, or was um, are we just kind of like throwing me in front of the bus and seeing what happens? Um, there? Well, I've, I've sort of given my takes. I find it odd that they're selling merch for a, a promotion that hasn't even had run a show yet, and like advertising like free shows in advance. And yeah, the Mister and Mrs. thing. I don't think anyone is <laughs> looking at that in a positive way. Let's say, and I like it's, with, with if you're gonna do that, make it the, like um... a little tournament, not. a... 16 team tournament. Yeah, like a one nighter maybe. Yeah. Uh, the the equivalent of like the uh, uh, going around the water cooler at work in, in Britress is kind of hanging around the ring at Fight Club Pro. And everyone that I spoke to there about it was just. There was a lot of eye rolling, shall we say. 
Um, so there is one final topic before we leave, which uh, is going to be quite soon because I think we're going quite long here. Um, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be in New Japan. A bit. This is great news. Um, and a lot of permutations to it as well. Um, they're doing it on the 45th anniversary show. Um, so they're really loading up this anniversary show. Lots of title matches. And yeah, the debut of Zack Sabre Jr. versus Katsuyori Shibata for the British Heavyweight Championship. Um, it, their third match for the belt. Um, do you see Sabre Jr. coming in and winning it straight off of that? Um, this has kind of confused me because I assumed they were going to put it back on Sabre but do it in the UK. If they did that in Japan, that would be a huge move for... Uh, Unless they, they've agreed a long, long-term contract with him, I'd, I'd be very surprised if that happened. I, I could definitely see it happening. They tend to do this. They tend to bring guys in and have them win the titles on the first night. Think uh, RPG Vice with the junior tag titles and um, Shibata is, with... is a guy they're very specifically looking at pushing. Yes. And this is not really a title that matters so much. But at Japan. the same time... Do you want to have him hold this, let's face it, tertiary title in the grand scheme of things while he's getting pushed up the card? I feel like drop it now, put Sabre over big time, and you can build him up, beat Suzuki, win the G1, etc., etc., and then this will be a distant memory. It kind of makes sense, I guess, but um, I, at the same time, I do want Shibata to keep coming back. It's just yeah. how long... <laughs> I, I think they need to talk. I think <laughs> New Japan... And Rev Pro need to sit down and talk about it and go like, well, where are we going with this? Like, how long is it going to go on for? I'd be quite happy for him to hold the title for a long time until New Japan are ready to do something with him because at the moment, you just don't know, do you? you just, it could be this year. It might, it might <laughs> be next year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think possibly Sabre could win it, possibly Shibata could win it, and then drop it to Suzuki, and then Sabre wins it from Suzuki and gets a match he never got in Noah. We know he wants that match, so That'd maybe he can... <laughs> Does that mean, um, if they sent uh, like Misu over to the UK with it, that would be something. That would be something. And he <laughs> has been over here like in the last six months, but... Um, but Suzuki in Your Call is a completely different being. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Your Call. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not. It's like the... the um, if you're not sat in the front two rows... Well, I say four rows. You, you're probably not going to get a very good view unless you stood up. And the atmosphere is weird. I don't know, I've always really enjoyed the atmosphere. I wasn't at High Stakes when everyone was high saying the atmosphere was, the was weird. I've, I've never seen the atmosphere as weird, uh, but obviously High Stakes got a lot of weirdness, clearly. Yeah, plus I have that... Um, before we uh, started um, recording, I was talking about uh, 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 children and how annoyed I was. With, <laughs> with, uh, it wasn't with you, it was with... Uh, uh, like with Ian and, and Akil in the um, like the rear view reviews, like private chat thing, and uh, I, I was just kind of banging on about this show in your call where I was sat next to a child, and he spent the whole of the show just complaining that he couldn't see, 
and you know, what's going on? I can't see. And I I just spent three hours sat there knowing that I couldn't swear. <laughs> and it well, just, everyone hates children. You can't you can't blame me or call on children. Hmm. I think I may have to um, just do balcony from now on. <laughs> balcony means you can stand wherever you want and yeah. do whatever you want. There is it's like a rule into itself. I think that's Stand, that's standing is the best way to watch a wrestling show. I think we've determined that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, I had one more point on the British oh, title, Fair and enough. that is that um, New Japan have booked this better than the Ring of Honor title and treated it like a more important title. <laughs> they really have, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> like, they clearly like Rev Pro a lot more than Ring of Honor. I know they're doing the Honor Rising tour, but it's hardly like an amazing like lineup of Ring of Honor meets New Japan. It's kind of just a couple of Korokan shows with Ring of Honor guys on it. But they're treating this belt pretty seriously. Obviously, it's not high up on the hierarchy, but Shibata like well, is maybe. always carrying it around, and they're putting on title matches with British guys, making it seem like a big deal for them. There's a good chance that the the, the Japanese guys have just really enjoyed working with the British guys and have enjoyed yeah. working for Rev Pro. So, um, what comes from that is that. Uh, they just want to carry on working with them with, uh, in in like uh, tours and in New Japan itself, which it's not unfeasible to think that you could see uh, Rare Pro send over a tour. Um, it probably wouldn't be like uh, like Fantastica Mania or anything, but it would be more in line with what uh, Ring of Honor does now, which is just send over a, a bunch of guys and have them interact. And that's not uh, inconceivable that that would happen yeah. this year. <laughs> so this this is the year. This is crazy. This is the year that Britress invades Japan, <laughs> according to your predictions. And they're not like completely out there, left wing, like crazy predictions. It's just this is something that might actually happen. Yeah, love the wrestling, man. Love it. <laughs> love the wrestling. Um. Yeah, so I think that's it for this week because uh, we've been talking for like way over an hour and a half now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's getting out of control. Um, there's been a lot of rambling, but there's been a lot of fun. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, do you have anything to plug before we head out? Um, you can find me on Twitter at another Um Read my F4W Euro notes every week in the F4W newsletter. And um, British Audio Wrestling and Live Audio Wrestling. It's a podcast, just like this one, but a bit different. <laughs> um, I did another podcast. Uh, as I said I would, uh, it actually dropped the same day as, as the Hebrew Restaurant Table last week, <laughs> which is kind of funny. It was uh, me and Stu from uh, the Indie Corner. It's just a couple of old guys talking about uh, old-timey wrestling and stuff. Um, it's going to be uh, weird and different. I, I don't really know where I'm going with it yet, but uh, yeah, keep uh, keep uh, checking out the the indie corner for dot com for that. Um, my own website uh, reviewreviews.com Feel free to uh, click on the Amazon link while you're there if you're in the UK. If you're not in the UK, you're over in the states, or I'm not sure what other countries it works in. But if, if you're American and you're listening to this, uh, go to uh, voicesofwrestling.com forward slash Amazon and 
use that link uh, and uh, that helps with the running of the site and so on and so forth. And on that note, uh, oh, sorry, uh, you can also catch me uh, at Arnold Furious on Twitter. And also, Oberhausen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the excitement, I almost forgot. Yes, we're going to Oberhausen. It's going to be fun. Quite exciting. Mm. <laughs> we'll see you there if you're going. Yeah, if, if you're going to Oberhausen, uh, drop one of us a uh, message and we'll see you there. Uh, we're aware that there's loads of like Brit guys going. I actually uh, spoke to Strigger the other day. And he said that he thinks this is the largest collection of like British, like slash Irish people that have ever gone to a German wrestling <laughs> show ever. So um, uh, it's fun. It's fun times. Um, yeah, on that note, uh, I think we should probably check out and um, we'll be dropping in uh, next time with what are we doing next time? 16 Carat. Uh, yeah, well, we've got a, uh, in between then, there is a WXW show called Dead End. Uh, so we'll be looking at that. We'll probably do the progress show as well, which is end of the month, and we'll be all hyped up for sixteen carat. And on that note, uh, we're out of here. So uh, good evening. Goodbye. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.